Praise the Lord, my Lord, the mightiest prophets of the Lord. Well, uh, beloved people, amen. Thank you so much, beloved people. We have seen that the Lord is speaking to this generation in a very powerful way. And is encouraging the present-day church to walk in the light, the light of Christ, the light of God that Christ Jesus brought. And uh, in the process of the first segment, we also seen that the Lord is essentially defining to this generation the identity of the church that I saw climbing those glorious stairs and entering heaven. So essentially, principally what the Lord is saying is that all people children of light, the children of God, 
is also sounding a warning to this generation that those that don't enter here, then you'd rather prepare yourself for the unbelievable wrath of the judgment of God. The upcoming judgment of Jehovah Yahweh. That is such a warning, saying, please enter here. Please enter through these stairs and come in the safety of heaven because it will soon get bad. It will get worse down there. It will be bad down there. Please enter here and come into the safety of God that you may not face the wrath of God when God now turns to judge sin and will judge more harshly. Why? Because they have seen the truth. The Messiah has come to them. It will have been out of blackmail, rejection, and, and refusal to accept the salvation of the Lord for anyone to go to hell then. The book of First Peter chapter 2, verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, you that now will grind up there, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, children of God, beloved people, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. This is how the Lord characterizes those that will walk those stairs, those that have seen climbing those stairs and entering eternity in heaven, beloved people. He calls them a chosen people, which means God has chosen you. Those of you that have chosen to follow this message, to prepare in earnest, to, to, to hearken to the voice of the Lord, he says, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, which is which means God's children that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness we saw when death was still reigning into the wonderful light that Christ now brought us by abolishing death and now light permeated into the hearts of those that receive him. So he's saying that those that climb up there those that respond to eternity, respond to the stairs he has lowered in the sky. Those are his children, his chosen people. His own chosen people, beloved people. And yet with his chosen people, he normally has one or two terms that you would want them to fulfill. The terms he places before them. He says, yes, I've chosen you, but I need you to fulfill the following on your part too. Yes, the Messiah has come, but I want you now on your part to do the following. To establish to me that you are really committed and you fear God and you'll obey the ordinances of the Lord, the ordinances of righteousness, the ordinances of holiness. You just adhere to them and stick to them. Exodus 19, verses 5 to 6. He says, Now 
if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of peace and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the children of Israel. Very powerful. He says, he has chosen those that are born again, those that will enter. He is choosing them today also, as, as I speak here. But he requires of them commitment. He wants them to commit. But he says, now, if you will obey, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, the church has been called upon to obey righteousness, to obey God's call to holiness, to obey God and keep his covenant. That is what the Lord is talking to you about. That when those stairs were Lord, Lord above the earth, the Lord is essentially urging this generation to obey God and keep his holy covenant. That is what Jehovah is saying to this generation, beloved people. That is what he's saying through the stairs that he has lowered above the earth here into the sky above the earth here. He's urging this very beloved generation, he's urging you, the Christian believer, to obey God, to obey him, and keep his covenant. And in so doing, he says, then you will be his people. The glorious stairs of eternity are asking the present day church to obey God and keep the covenant of the grace. Covenant of, covenant of righteousness. Covenant of holiness. Devoted to serving him, fearing him. How awesome. And he says, blessed people, in this choosing, the way he chose Israel, he's choosing you now. Because this is the Gentile dispensation. And then, of course, there's the mission to redeem Israel. The book of Deuteronomy, chapter 4, verse 20, says, But as for you, the Lord took you and brought you out of the iron-smelting furnace, out of Egypt, to be the people of his inheritance, as you now are. From the furnace, the iron-smelting furnace, from slavery, in other words, from hell, from torment, from slavery, and death, that is what he's talking about here. That he has removed you from death, from iron smelting furnace, from a fire of incineration. What a mighty God. What a mighty message to the church. Those tales are reminding you that, look, 
you have been removed from death. You have been removed from eternal death. And you have been brought into the wonderful light of God. So therefore prepare and enter here. For you, you are born again. For you, you have received the grace. Please prepare and enter here. Why? Because for you, you have been removed from death. Those who have accepted Christ. It is amazing, beloved people. And it is says here, the book of John chapter 17 from verse 16 to 19, it says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. That is the choice, the election God gave you. When he removed you from the iron smelting fire, furnace, pure hell, from slavery to sin, from death, he's saying, they are not of the world, the book of John 17, from verse 16 to 19, they are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them, Father, by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. He admitted you. He helped you, separated you. So the glorious tale of God in heaven, Lord into the sky, the glorious staircase is essentially reminding this generation who are born again. But remember that for you, you have been sanctified by the holy blood of Jesus. You are not of the world. No wonder. He says there is a chip in your heart that when you see eternity, it reminds you that, look, I am not of this world. Drop everything in your hands and begin to pursue eternity in heaven with Yahweh, Jehovah. So the glorious stairs that God lowered into the sky, they are this generation to walk as the children of life. In other words, to become the children of God, the elect of God, those he has chosen into the wonderful salvation. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. Beloved people, turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6. Look at what he says here. He says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. Isn't that what the Lord is saying by promising you, by showing you the stairs and promising you to walk those stairs as you ascend into his eternal, eternal, eternal kingdom of glory? Eternal and eternal and eternal. Never to see death again. Isn't he saying that he has chosen you as holy unto him? He has chosen you and separated you from the idol worship of this world. 
just the same way he was choosing Israel. This is the hour for the Gentile Church. He is choosing the Gentile Church before he embarks on the redemption of Israel. He's saying, please, come up here. I have chosen you. You are born again. You are born again. The mighty God Jehovah that sends his one and only begotten son to bring the light. And the light then separates forth unto him our people unto the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10, beloved people, verse 15, it says, Yet the Lord set his affection on your forefathers and loved them, and he chose you, their descendants, above all the nations as it is today. How powerful. He's saying it is time to enter into the inheritance of the Lord. The privilege of the Lord. The election of the Lord. The honor of God. The safety of God. The chosenness of the Lord over all nations. What a mighty message the stairs of God are trumpeting across the face of the earth across the nations of the earth, the stairs of Yahweh. The book of Psalms 118. Psalms 118. Psalms 118, 27. This is what he says. He says, The Lord is God, And he has made his light shine upon us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession after the horn of the altar. The Lord is God. And he has made his light shine upon you. That is what the stairs of heaven are saying to this generation. That aren't you aware that for you, you are not supposed to go to hell. You have seen eternity with your eyes while you are still down there. You say, a chosen people, that you should proclaim for the wonderful deeds, the wonders of God. That he has removed you from hell, from the planet, from the slavery to sin. He has privileged you. He has elected you and honored you and chosen you out of all the other nations. Opened your blind eyes. Delivered you from darkness. That you may see the wonderful light. And walk in it. Walk as the children of the light. Children of God. How powerful, beloved people. Isn't it amazing what the stairs are pronouncing to the nations of the earth? Defining to them their identity. Telling them not to agree to settle for less. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that very powerful? And the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 
verses 4 to 8. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 4 to 8, he says, But you, your brothers, are not in darkness, so that this day that is coming, of course, should surprise you like a thief. You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then let us not be like others who are asleep. There's so much information there. The stairs of heaven are given to the church. The glory of the Lord is given. The heaven is trumpeting the church. But let us be alert and self-controlled. They talk about awake, not asleep. Alert, self-control. Many things there. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. How powerful. Verse 8. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as breastplate and hope of salvation as helmet. God did not appoint us to suffer the wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus. So you see that now. He's saying that owing to your walking in the light, owing to climbing up these stairs, you are meant to evade the wrath that is coming. You are meant not to see the great tribulation that is coming, which I have seen with the engagement involved with tremendous, terrible. The Lord is choosing the church at this hour, beloved people, and the glorious stars of Yahweh in heaven are shining forth. They are speaking forth the mighty message of the Lord. They are shining forth the tremendous, glorious message to this generation. And God is Lord. He has lowered the glorious stars. And in the process, he's urging this generation, urging the church. Urging them to take eternity because he knows how he created them. He created you with the capacity to detect eternity and drop everything else you are doing and begin to pursue eternity in heaven. In other words, by lowering the glorious stairs from heaven, in this visitation, the Lord is saying that darkness is indeed signified and represented by everything opposite the light Christ brought. Everything. Darkness is the exact opposite of the salvation Christ brought. And he's telling you, look, but for you, you are born again. Because what prepare for this eternal kingdom. Darkness has been taken away. We know too well, beloved people, by reading the Bible, that Satan's evil scheme and plan is evil and wickedness. His wicked dominion and his evil kingdom is essentially what darkness is. So the Lord is raising, lowering these terms the glorious stairs of eternity before this generation and asking them, asking the church, 
What are you doing in Satan, evil and wicked dominion? What are you doing in Satan, dominion? Because that is what darkness is. What are you doing in darkness? What is your life doing in darkness? We know also too well that when Christians, when people, when mankind engages in sinful behavior, sinful acts, sinful deeds, and they totally refuse the way this generation has, refuse to follow the command of God, obey the Lord. We know that that constitutes also constitutes walking in darkness. And so the Lord has lowered the glorious stairs in of heaven, glorious stairs of eternity unto you, and is essentially asking, what are you still doing in sinful acts, sinful action, wickedness, deeds, out there? Why do you behave like those who have not obeyed God? In other words, this is the moment to obey God. You are chosen. He says, for you to be his chosen generation, his chosen church, elect, the holy one that enters, the remnant, you must obey God and keep his covenant of the grace. What are you doing out there, sinful act as though you have not obeyed God? We know it's too well, beloved people. That the enemy many times will use the sloth and pleasures of this world and the darkness therein to blinden you, to blinden the child, to blinden mankind. And it's all to separate you from God eternity. Praise the Lord, the mightiest of prophets of the Lord. Thank you, thank you indeed. Now, um, we have seen very clearly that uh, by lowering the glorious stairs of heaven, the glorious stairs of eternity, right above the earth here, and now in this generation to look and see them, to look up and see them, and record them, and develop a conversation around it, a global conversation, the Lord is essentially speaking in very, very profound terms with this generation. And we've seen that he is telling this generation that the darkness was abolished. For those who profess salvation, those who have received Christ Jesus, the darkness was already abolished. That's what he's saying. And your capacity to understand eternity is given, is God-given. And that uh, this generation may see the glorious tales of eternity and understand that the time to climb up there, to go into eternity, is near. That they may then begin to drop everything else that has deluded them, has kept them busy away from the Lord, and begin this hot pursuit to pursue eternity for their posterity, their future. That other than entry to heaven, there is those who are going to go to hell. There is entry into hell. That's a warning that the Lord is raising very seriously over the skies above the earth. And he's saying that just as he judged 
the angels that fell into sin and he judged the old world during the days of Noah and judged Sodom and Gomorrah. He said he will judge again. So the stairs also, the staircase of God, the staircase of everlasting life also sound a warning to this generation, a warning to this church saying, please enter here that you may enter into the safety of God, a fair judgment. And I had spoken a little bit on the darkness, the darkness of this world that has deluded this world, that has caused even the church, even the Christian, to be caught up in the pleasures of the earth and to fail to prepare. And that is the bottom line, that's the bottom objective of the devil when he presents these pleasures of this world, the comforts of this world. The purpose is often to make sure that you are deluded, you are lost in there and lulled, that you may not think about eternity. God has now announced from heaven, announced above the earth, everyone can see, that look, eternity dawns, eternity is near. And he says each person has capacity to choose eternity. And when you choose eternity, you walk in righteousness. That is how you prepare, that's how you demonstrate your choice. You walk in the light of righteousness. And we saw the darkness, the darkness of this world has bound so many. And the Lord is urging the church, the present day church, through these glorious tales of urgency, tales of eternity, is urging the Christian believer to start walking in the light, walking as the children of God, the children of light, so that you may shine forth the light of God to this dark world and expose those bondages, expose the evil wickedness, the chains of darkness, shine the light there into the darkness and release forth those other people that are still in darkness. How can you release them when you yourself, you are born again and you are still walking in darkness? That is what the Lord is essentially saying. The book of Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says the following. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of Christ, who is actually the image of God, the Father himself. And he goes on in verse 6 to say, For God said, Let light shine out of darkness. May his light, again, for he said, For God said, Who said, Let light shine out of darkness, Made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. How powerful are the people? What the Lord is calling this generation to realize in their lives at this hour, this critical hour. He's saying that those that are his, that are his chosen, those that will enter heaven, his children, the children of the light, he said that light shines light right through into the, uh, the inner chambers of their heart. And that light gives them enlightenment. 
knowledge about the glory of God, about the truth. So God Almighty, beloved people, is calling upon the church in this visitation by lowering the glorious stairs of heaven. He's calling upon the church to walk in enlightenment, enlightenment, enlightenment in that light, in enlightenment of the truth, enlightenment that defeats the cross. The type of enlightenment that when you see a Christian, you hear them talk, you see how they address, you say, this one is enlightened. This one knows the cost of the cross. This one is enlightened about eternity. This one is enlightened about the truth. This one is enlightened about the requirement of holiness, the holiness requirements of God. God has already shown his light into the hearts of the believers to bring them the truth, righteousness. So the Lord is saying that at this hour, the Christian believer ought to be walking in the holiness of God, the righteousness of God. The holiness of God, the righteousness of God in the truth. That the church and the believer may walk in the truth, in the light of God, walking in the holiness of God, walking in the truth of God. That is what he is talking about. That is what he means by walking in the light. And to prepare, because time is over. Beloved people, the Lord Jehovah, he says he himself, he is light. So those coming to his kingdom must walk in the light of Christ, the light of God that he gave Christ to bring us. He has already called you. And that light, wherever it shines, it exposes the darkness. It searches through and exposes the wickedness, exposes sin. So if you are walking in the light of God, sin has been exposed in your life. Sin is now exposed. That is the message of the glorious church that Jehovah Yahweh lowered from heaven above the earth into the sky, the stairs that you were able to see with your mortal eyes, a wonder, a wonder that took place. That is the message of the wonder whose prophecy he gave on January 15th, the year 2017. And part fulfillment, March 11th, the year 2018. We will continue, beloved people, because the next time I come to you, I want to talk about how the Lord anchored, how great Jesus told Mary, Mary, he said, Mary, and when she came to me, she said, woman, don't touch me. I have not yet entered. But go to my brothers in the Galil. Tell them I'm going ahead of them in the Galil. Tell them I've resurrected. I need to enter that first ascension. There were two ascensions of the Messiah after resurrection. By the graveyard, when he was fresh, he ascended. And then later at Bethany, when he blessed them, and then he was taken up by the cloud. That first one. How? He said, woman, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended. When he had to ascend into the throne room of God and touch 
his blood on the mercy seat of God in heaven and upon for all the sins of all men. And then he came back now and communed with his disciples, led them to Bethany, and then finally went and sat on the right side of the Father. That first ascension was essentially to go touch the mercy seat with his blood and anchor the souls of all that believe in Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior. The strings I'll talk about pulling every heart towards the throne room of God, every heart of the believer, every believer. The urge for eternity, the greater fulfillment of Ecclesiastes 3.11, that now your hearts are pulled towards Jesus, they're pulled towards heaven, they're pulled towards eternity. We will look at that when I look at the grave situation there, the, 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 the graveyard situation, the situation that took place at the graveyard, that graveyard spirit, and what transpired from there, and how he anchored the souls of men, and how the glorious stairs that God has lowered from heaven are essentially reminding us of the anchorage, the anchoring that happened of our souls into the throne of God. So there is no excuse whatsoever for anybody to ever say they are atheists or ever not believe or ever go to hell. He's saying for those who are born again, there is no excuse ever to go to hell. Because he already anchored the souls of those that will believe. Believe in him and accept him and worship the Father through him. Again, blessed people, again, as I said, next time I come to you, we will look at that graveyard space. And how he said, woman, don't touch me, upon his resurrection, when Mary was at the graveyard weeping and wailing and mourning there, then he appears, resurrected finally. And we look at what he meant when he said, woman, don't touch me, I've not yet entered. And how he went and anchored the souls of all those that believe onto the mercy seat of the, of the throne of God, of the ark of the covenant of God in heaven. So when I come back next time, we we'll look at what transpired. And then I will also extend it a little bit and look at how by resurrection he stormed, he stormed the gates of heaven and opened the way. This way now, the stairway is open. Remember from Genesis 3.24 it was closed, but now opened. How he stormed it with authority and how right now the Messiah has greater authority, greater glory than he had in the beginning. How now he is even known by his victory, the victory achieved on the cross, the added glory he received owing to the victory. How he changed his identity, now he is identified. He is formally introduced based on the victory achieved by saving his people on the cross. And that now he did not only receive the initial glory, but also he has now received added glory and authority and power. And how he anchored the souls of all those that believe at the throne, at the mercy seat of God in heaven. May you be righteous, beloved people. May you be holy. The Messiah is coming. Please walk in the light. The glorious stairs of God Almighty in heaven, they are shouting and trumpeting to this generation. They need to be the children of light. 
They need to walk in the light of God. They need to beam the light of God to all the dark corners of this world that many more people may get to enter into eternity with you. May the Lord bless you. To that, to that, shalom.